subject of murmuring. Actually, murmurers. I was talking with the Stevens, and Paul, when I said, Paul, and by the way, he's going to be preaching here in a few weeks. I said, Paul, I'm going to be speaking about murmurers tonight. He said, oh, you always speak about murmurs. That's all you ever talk about. I said, ah, he's sort of getting into the spirit there of murmuring. But I do want to speak about murmuring. The Lord put this message on my heart some time ago as one that I would preach on a Wednesday evening because, as you know, on Wednesday evenings, uh, we go back into the book of Exodus and look at the text for the previous week's message and see if we can draw out from it some uh, uh, heretofore uh, undiscovered nugget of truth and uh, massage it somewhat and let God speak to our hearts through that. By the way, I really want to encourage you to uh, pray with me about Sunday, Sunday's messages. Then came Amalek, and it's that great experience where Aaron and Hur held up the hands of Moses, and the battle was won as Joshua was fighting there, and the Spirit of God was upon him. And I uh, really pray that God's Spirit will come down in that service. So you have your Bible open to Exodus 17. Would you stand with me? And uh, let me begin reading with verse 1. We're thinking together about murmurers. Now, I, I have no particular uh, reason for bringing this to your attention other than it is in the Scripture and I don't want us to, uh, to pass it over. Every once in a while, you know, you speak about murmurers and somebody comes up and begins to murmur and uh, say, you weren't talking about me, were you? I mean, always preaching about murmurers and money or something like that. Um, well, you know, if the shoe fits, but uh, this church is not a murmuring church. You know, I've... I've I get calls from pastors who talk about, you know, Brother Tom, man, there's so much discord, there's so much dissension, there's so much strife in our church. And for some reason, the Lord over the years has, has done something wonderful at First Southern. He's just eliminated that. And by the way, we've got wonderful deacons and other leaders in our church. And when we hear that or we spot that, are very quick to go to the source and say, all right, look, how do we deal with this? What's the issue? And uh, so as a, as a general rule... First Southern has just never been plagued with murmuring. But you may have murmuring out at work, or there may be some murmuring in your home. And uh, there may be, uh, you know, you may have some relationships out there, and all they do, they just murmur, you know, there's always just something going on. In other words, they're just constantly saying something out of their breath, or constantly opposing what's going on, or it's never good enough, or it's never the right thing, no matter what you do. It's just, you know, just something like that that there's always something wrong. And the word murmur, that's uh, uh, the grammarians would say that's an onomatopoetic song, uh, uh, sound or word. In other words, it's a word that sort of sounds like what it is. Murmur, 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 murmuring. And uh, so we're going to read about that in Exodus tonight. All right, all the children of the children, all the congregation rather, of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of Sin. After their journeys, according to the commandment of the Lord. Now, underline that little phrase. They did this according to the commandment of the Lord. And they pitched in Rephidim, and there was no water for the people to drink. And so the people did chide with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said unto them, Why uh, chide you? That word chide me. Why are you just constantly arguing with me? Why chide you with me? Why do you tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted there for water, and the people murmured against Moses and said, Wherefore is this that you brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? And Moses cried to the Lord, saying, What shall I do to this people? They're almost ready to kill me, to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, Go on before the people, take with you of the elders of Israel, 
and your rod with which you smote the river, take in your hand and go. Behold, I will stand before you there upon the rock in Horeb, this is the area of Sinai, and you shall smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the name of the place Massah and Meribah. Those are two interesting words. One means testing and one means chiding or arguing. Massah and Meribah, because of the chiding of the children of Israel and because they tempted the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? And um, so tonight we're going to think together about murmuring. Father, I pray that you'd open our eyes to the truths of your word in these few moments, and I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Be seated, please. Every one of us has had in our lifetime experience with murmuring. If I were a betting man, which I'm not, but if I was, I would be willing to wager that we have all both heard it and done it. We have listened to people as they have murmured, and we have been a party to murmuring. I have been in congregations, really, as a visiting preacher, where the pastors have said to me, you know... um, there is so much dissension. There's so much strife. There's so much discord. There's constantly, and sometimes they'll be able to, to name people. You know, they'll say, this, these people, they just are constantly the source of all kinds of rumors, all kinds of dissonance in our church. Uh, you know, I remind people sometimes that to be a sower of discord uh, among the brethren is to place yourself on a terrible list in the Bible on God's seven most hated list. Uh, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs that there are seven people, seven attitudes and seven people God hates, and one of them is a sower of discord among the brethren. Now, here's what I want you to see. When you're talking about anything or anyone, your conversation is going somewhere. There's a path that your conversation is following. And when you get to the end of what you have to say, People will have either been uplifted, edified, and benefited, or people will have been torn down, demeaned, and criticized. I mean, everything that you say, your, your speech has a path. And at the end of that path, either people are going to be lifted up or torn down. The work of God lifted up, the work of God torn down. And murmurers are people who just who just say virtually anything that comes to their mind. And we're going to see what the Scripture says about murmurers this evening. And uh, I hope that, you know, this will just be a good lesson for us all. And you may, you know, you may not ever murmur at church, but you may be in a home situation where that's all you hear. Uh, I remember my mother saying to me one time, she said, I'll have no more of that yeah, yeah and that's a funny word, but I knew what she meant. <laughs> and she didn't want any more of that. And what she was saying was, you're, you're murmuring. It's just sort of disgusted, under your breath, constantly challenging something, constantly painting the worst-case scenario, constantly sharing your offense, you know. Or, there, you know, you've been in situations where people just murmur. Well, let's look at what the Scripture says about this. Here, I want to just share with you this evening... Uh, six thoughts about murmurs, really five and a conclusion, okay? Uh, you say, why don't you just go to the conclusion first? Don't murmur. Just listen listen to this tonight, what I have to say about murmuring. You know, y'all never listen to murmur. No. Um, here it is. Number one, 
wherever God is at work, you will generally find murmurers as well. Wherever God is really at work, you will generally find murmurers as well. Um, notice verse 1. Uh, what were they doing? They were obeying God. What was God doing? God was leading them. It says, All the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of Sin after their journeys. Now look, they were doing this according to the commandment of the Lord. The Lord was leading them. He was providing for them. He had provided manna. He had provided quail. He had provided sweet water. He had provided all kinds of things for them. And he was at work in Israel. He was at work. In the, he just delivered them from the bondage of Egypt. Turn with me to Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts chapter 6. God is at work, man. The, 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 the day of Pentecost has been an incredible day. 3,000 saved and baptized. A little bit later, um, we read in chapter 4, uh, Peter and John are on their way to the temple, you know, and they're, they, it's just incredible what happens, and they preach 5,000 people. We're talking about a congregation that in a matter of days is probably, not counting women and children, probably approaching 10,000 people. These are incredible, explosive, growing days of the church. No building, no organization really other than what the Holy Spirit is leading. I mean, there are miracles being done. Incredible growth in the church. Now, right in the middle of that, verse 1, in those days when the number of disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring among the Grecians or of the Grecians against the Hebrews. These are Hellenistic or Greek-speaking Jews as opposed to the Hebrew uh, Jews. The Jews who spoke Hebrew had that kind of derivation in terms of their uh, family. A murmuring. Now, why does that happen? It's because the devil... Listen, the devil will do anything, including use you, using you and me, to take the edge off of the victories which God gives us. Have you ever known of anybody like that? Say, well, wasn't that a great service? Well, you know, frankly, as far as I'm concerned, uh, the lights were too bright. I didn't say the music was too loud because nobody would ever say that. Um, the, light, the lights were too bright. You know, and no, no matter... Thank you. You know, I'm just sick of the sound and light people. It's just... You know, the truth is... It's really creating a big problem for me. Look, can we do this with some dignity up here? I'm, I'm trying to be the pastor. <laughs> you guys are incredible. Okay. You got the picture, though? Do you, do you have friends like that? No matter how great it was, you know, no matter how wonderful it was, there's always something that they, they have spotted and they feel it their God-given right to point that out. And so you're just sailing along in that wonderful? Oh, yeah, well, okay, I guess it wasn't so wonderful. You know, do you know anybody like that? Wherever God's at work, you can see God at work in a family, you know, and say, man, you know, I just got to tell you something. You know, uh, I'm, you know, dad came home, dad repented, things are going great, and then there will always be something, well, he probably didn't mean it. You know, just murmuring. Wherever God is at work, generally you are going to find murmurers as well. I don't need to belabor that. You know that, and you can think of your own experiences there. All right, number two. Under the guise, listen to this now, you got to be, we got to, this is sort of, 
This is a cover, under the cover, under the guise of what they would call inconvenient circumstances. Murmurers actually are revealing that they don't have faith in the Lord or faith in His leaders. Now, the cover is this, the circumstances. But the truth about murmuring is, murmurers, the longer they talk, really the problem is not the circumstances. The problem is usually people. You see, somebody's saying, well, I'll give an illustration. When I was pastor at the First Baptist Church in Mansfield, Texas, small church in a country, it was a country town sort of, at that point, we had about 300 people, and it just grew. I mean, just grew, and pretty soon we were running 600, and we had to build an auditorium. Well, our little 300-seat auditorium, the heat was never right. It was always too hot or too cold. And people would come in, and they, you know, their church, they knew where the thermostat was. They would adjust it, and the air conditioners would come lumbering on, and then somebody else would come in, it was too cold, and they would turn it this way, and everything would shut down, and people would be using their funeral fans, you know. And um, so we built a new auditorium. And I got together with the, with the building committee, and we did something really neat. There was a post that supported the uh, balcony back there, and uh, I had them put a thermo... Now, now, I don't do stuff like this around here, but I, I promise you, I, I don't. But, but I had them put a thermostat on that post hooked to nothing. I mean, really, it just stuck on a post. And it satisfied everybody. You know, people come in and say, oh, it's cold, and go... It's at that thing. It was just like what they wanted. Go sit down. As far as they knew, it was perfect. Next person come in, tinker with that thing. It didn't. The, the, the thermostat was in the cold air returner. The, uh, the, nobody, you couldn't get to it unless you had a long screwdriver, you know. What did it do? It just solved some murmuring. Well, now, the truth of the matter is people who murmur try to cover up their disgust with God and with God's leaders by, by, by throwing it off that it's the circumstances. Now, you don't believe that. Look at verse 2. Uh, and so the people, they argued with, they chided with Moses, and they said, Give us water that we may drink. So Moses said to them, Why are you arguing with me? And why do you tempt the Lord? He said, You know, this is not a water deal. You, you're, you're, you've made a, you're using water as an excuse to argue with God. You're just upset with God. Um, let me give you a couple of illustrations. I want to be real quick with this, but... A couple of illustrations. Have you, have you ever noticed, you know, sometimes uh, uh, when things go wrong that you can't control, there are still people who, who are murmuring? You know, I mean, uh, I'll, I'll give you a perfect illustration. I was uh, on an airplane that was supposed to go from Little Rock, Arkansas here, to here in Oklahoma, but we got in a, in a terrible storm. And so we landed... Um, I think we landed. I wasn't sure. It felt like we crashed, but we landed in Houston. And uh, Houston is not Oklahoma City. And everybody on the plane, you know, they wanted to be in Oklahoma City, but we were in Houston. That was the only place they could take this plane. The weather was just terrible. And so they were just, you know, I mean, they, I could just watch. People got off, and there were people standing there quietly in line to get their ticket to find some way. But there was one guy... He was just throwing a fit. This stupid airline, the airline didn't have anything to do with the weather. This stu stupid people, these stewardesses, this ticket person. In fact, uh, he was eating, just eating out this poor lady behind the desk. And I got so embarrassed he was using bad language. He was talking real bad to her. And so I went over to a payphone. I don't do stuff like this often, but I went over to a, uh, a payphone 
And I called that airport in Houston. I, I called and I said, would you give me the ticket desk for, you know, the airline? And I told them exactly where it was. And so uh, I was watching the lady behind the desk. And pretty soon she reached down and picked up the phone. And I said, hi. I said, you're really having trouble. I said, look, I'm, I'm over here. I'm, I'm waving at you. And I said, you're really having trouble with that guy, aren't you? And she said, man, this guy, you know, you know. Where are you? I said, over here, over here. I said, you know, there's a big line there, but I'll tell you what, if I, I can get you out of all that trouble, if you, I'll be glad to do it if you'll just give me a ticket. And she said, come on. And so I walked right out the front of the line, and she was so pleased, and I got her occupied and got the guy, you know, turned off to somebody else. And she said, I am so glad you did that. Well, I was glad I did it too because I got out of there before anybody else. And uh, <clears throat> it's pretty clever, I thought, you know. I don't do things like that, but I, I did it that night. I was wanting to get home. But the thing about it was, she said, you'd think that I was the, I was the person that caused it to rain. Well, the truth of the matter was, see, he was, he was using inconvenient circumstances as a way to eat out the people who were trying to serve him. You follow what I'm saying? Okay, that's what murmurers do. You know, they try to say, well, you know, I'm just, it's, you know, it's the circumstances, but really who they're upset with is the leadership. Are they upset with God? Are they upset with something else? Well, let's keep moving. Okay. Number three, murmurers devise a worst case scenario and then speak of it as a reality. Now look at verse 3. And the people thirsted there for the water and the people murmured against Moses and said, why is it that you brought us out of Egypt to kill us and our, you know, we're just going to die to kill it and our children are going to die too. None of that, our cattle are going to die. I mean, they, you know, this is going to be a big funeral right here. We're going to die, our children are going to die, our cattle, man, they have devised it. Have you noticed that murmurers do that? They immediately go to worst case scenario and then they start saying, That's, you know, this is what's going to happen. L let me tell you another plain deal. I, uh, just this, this week, you know, sun, Sunday I went down to Shreveport and I flew in one of these little commuter deals. It was like flying inside a barbecue grill. It was just blistering hot and, and just a terrible flight. I was tempted to murmur, but I, you know, had this lesson, so I couldn't. And I got there, and the next morning we came out, and there was this nice, big plane. I was so thrilled that I wasn't going to have to fly on one of those little commuters. There's this nice, big airplane there. And uh, for some reason, you know, I, got, I was sitting right there just behind the door of... Uh, the cockpit and so this this old guy got on and he's just muttering under his breath just you know he just you know and it's too early in the morning for anybody nobody ought to have to get up and hit up you know he just murmuring and so he sat down beside me and i just got tickled i mean he just nothing was right with him and and they go through this deal which i'm glad they go through they go through this little check deal in the cockpit you know and when the door is open you can hear it and what they do is they check all the things that that plane is supposed to do in case there's an emergency you know and and so so they start pushing these buttons and you hear things like this whoop, 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 pull up pull up pull up which you're glad that little machine's on there because you want the guy to do that if he's supposed to and then it'll say fire 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 and uh and and then and, and it will say fire right engine fire left engine so this guy's over there you know and uh, he's you know he's grousing about all this thing he's, whoop, whoop, whoop. fire 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 left engine. he said there the left engine's on fire and he said i'm gonna get off. i said no 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 i said please that 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 that's just a t i had to convince the guy that that uh, this was just a test you know and he was the guy that was being tested but murmurers do that let me give you an example a murmurer gets a little word that that somebody 
you know, is going through something with their family or something like that, or something's going wrong with their business, and by the time the murmurer has gotten through, some of the family members have been buried, the business has filed for Chapter 11, you know, I know, this is what, I tell you what, they're going to go right, this is, you know, and, and that's what these people, they said, you brought, you know, they just popped up and got thirsty, and now they're saying, we're going to die, and our children, and on top of that, if that's not good enough, you're going to have to bury our cattle, serves you right, you know, because they're going to die too. Murmurers devise the worst case scenario, and then start talking about it like it really happened, Okay. Y'all are, I hope you're getting this here tonight. I don't want to make this too happy because we're talking about something really bad that people do and y'all are, you're not acting like this is a bad deal for some reason, okay? All right, stick with me. All right, number four. You know, you, you folks back there ought to see what these people here do at the front when I'm trying to be serious. Number four, victims of murmurers. Have you ever been a victim of a murmur? should rush to the Lord for comfort and for counsel. All right, now, hey, listen, I didn't say victims of murmurers should rush around and try to outmurmur the murmurers. Victims of murmurers shouldn't try to, to just, you know, constantly set the record straight. That just adds to, well, I'll tell you what, he came by later on and here's what he said. I, it, it just, you know, and, you know, you don't do that. If you are a victim of murmuring, you do what Moses did. He ran to the Lord. Verse 4, Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, What do I do? They're about ready to kill me. They're going to stone me. And then the Lord gave him counsel. He said, Get these men together. Go there to the mountain. I'll be on the rock. You stand before the rock. You smite the rock with the rod, and water's going to come out of it. Boy, what a comforting thing. And so if you have ever been victimized by murmuring, instead of trying to individually set the record straight with all the murmurers, go to God. Get His comfort, get His strength, get His counsel, okay? But, number five, this is a tough truth. And I'm not so sure that this is really a, uh, you know, I hope you get this, all right? Murmurers... Habitual murmurs should be marked and avoided. Murmurers, especially habitual murmurs, should be marked out and avoided. I want you to notice what Moses did. He said, I'm going to give this place a name. Yes, sir. I'm going to call this place contention and temptation. I'm going to call it Masa and Meribah. As a I'm going to mark this out as a place where you murmured and where you contended with the Lord. Now, listen, I'm not saying you ought to be ugly. No, you don't have to be ugly to take note of something. Make a mental note. Hey, if I'm doing good and want to be torn down, I just need to get close to that person. I don't think I want to do that. You ought to avoid. As a matter of fact, here's what the Bible says. Boy, this is an incredible verse in the book of Proverbs. It says, he that repeats a matter separates chief friends. And so if you take something that you hear 
and then you repeat it, you're usually going to add your flourish to it. You're going to add your little embellishment to it. You repeat it. And the end result, you can separate chief friends. I mean, you become the catalyst. You say, no, I'm just repeating the matter. They were already having their problem. No, it was your involvement, your murmuring, see, that separated the chief friends. And so what do you do with murmurs? Do you know somebody, just think right now, do you know somebody who's constantly negative, just constantly, just, you know, I mean, to go to talk to them is like taking a beat and every time you go, nothing's ever quite right, nothing's ever done quite right, there's always something wrong, always something needs to be improved, always just, yeah, 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 yeah. Now what do you do? Just mark out that person, be gracious, not ugly, but realize that's not a punishment you you know, you, that's not a trough you need to go to. And, and you don't need to be around those people because what are they going to do? Those people are going to take what you say and they're going to murmur about that too. See, you, you're, you know, any conversation that you have with them is going to become like your agreement with them and they're going to add that as fodder to the canon, see. And so they should be marked out and they should... Well, the, by the way, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs that uh, sometimes you just need to give murmurs a hard look what does that mean? Just give them a hard look, which is your way of saying, I want to hear that. I want to listen to that. I don't like talk like that. Just a hard look. Now, now we can talk about this, see, because we're not, you know, this is, like I say, a fellowship that is blessed with such sweet spirit. We're not plagued by that. But I, I would imagine every one of us has got in our life, you know, some experience with murmuring. And so the murmurs should be marked and murmur in just a mental note here, you know, and murmurs should be avoided. Just use your brain. If you're around somebody who's always talking about, listen to this, if you're around somebody who's always talking about other people, guess who they're talking about when you're not around them? They're talking about you. You say, oh, no, 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 they're taking me into their confidence. Listen, they're not taking you into their confidence. If they would, there's no integrity there. I'm telling you this. I'm only telling you this. Don't tell anybody because I told the people not to tell anybody. Well, they've already said, I'm a liar, so trust me. No, don't do that. Just mark people. Now, don't, don't be it, but don't do it. Just mark those people out just in your mind. You don't have to go up and, you know, take a big magic marker and paint an X or a big M on their forehead. Well, what was that for? Well, you're a murmur and I don't want to be around you. Uh, don't, don't do that. But just in your mind, just use your brain and say, you know something? They are always talking negative. Something is always wrong with those people. They are always critical. I just don't need to be in that soup with them, okay? Pray for them. Love them. Say straight words, good truth. But you don't have to spend your time because you will become like the people with whom you spend time. Mother used to say, be careful when you choose your friends because you become what your friends make you. And you spend your time with murmurers, you will become what? You will become a murmurer. A murmurer. So what's the conclusion here? Well, don't, don't be one of those people who's on God's short list of the most hated. Sower of discord. Don't be a murmurer. Just, you know, you got a problem, take it to God not to the world. Take it to God. And God will show you how to handle that. But more than that, when you hear murmuring, 
by your sweet and gracious spirit, let it be known that you don't want to be a party of that. And not only that, uh, when you are aware that someone has a reputation for murmuring, just mentally make a note of that. Masa, Meriba, murmurer. And say, you know, I don't need that. I don't, I don't need to be a part of that. I need to be on the winning side, the victory side, the bragging on Jesus side, the seeing what God is doing side, the building people upside, not the tearing them down. Well, murmurers, that's who we, I knew we had to get this message out of the way. People have been talking all over church and saying, I wonder when he's going to print, preach on murmurers. And uh, so I knew that I need to share with you about that this evening. I actually plan to do it for some time now. Murmurers. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth of it. Thank you for the practical application of it. Lord, help us not to be people who in the midst of a great work of yours are constantly looking for the evil rather than the good, the failures rather than the victories, the wrong rather than the right. Lord, help us not to be people who under the guise of inconvenience or something not being the way we want it are really taking pot shots at you and what you're doing. Uh, Lord, help us not to be people who constantly dream up a worst-case scenario and then start talking about it like it's reality. Uh, Lord, help us to understand the, the dangers of, of murmuring. Help us to be people who, if we ever hear such a thing as murmuring, or if we ever are the victims of murmuring, run to you for counsel and for comfort and then wisely mark them out. Pray for them, but do not become a party with their murmuring. Lord, I thank you that over the years, you, for reasons really unknown to any of us here in this auditorium tonight, maybe it, was an, it is an answer to prayers of people who were part of chartering this church, founding this church. Lord, it could have been that there was intense prayer at the very beginning of this church's history that it would be free from those things which destroy many churches. But, Lord, for whatever reason, we realize it is your grace. Um, you have, you've never allowed such a thing to become a characteristic of this church. I pray that would always be so, Lord. I pray that when we're tempted to do that, that um, uh, we would realize that sometimes we could be used of the devil rather than used by you. And, Lord, we realize that that usually happens when you are the most mightily at work in our midst. And so, Lord, bless the truth of this to our hearts tonight, I pray in Jesus' name. Would you keep your head bowed just for a moment? We're going to stand together in a few moments. A praise singer is going to sing a hymn of invitation. Now, prayer warriors will be coming. Counselors will be coming. I'm going to ask those who were baptized earlier this evening to come and be seated over here to your right where it says seating for new members so we can introduce you to your church family. I believe there are people here tonight to whom the Lord's speaking about becoming a part of the First Southern family. Perfect time to join. As an individual, as a family, just step out from the aisle, find a counselor here and say, look, you know, we want to join this church. And you know something? It could be, as you heard the testimonies of these men, Talking about evangelism explosion, you said, you know something? I don't know for sure if I died, I'd go to heaven. I need to know what it is to have my sins forgiven, to have eternal life, and to know that I have eternal life. Well, you can settle that this evening because Jesus died on the cross for you, and he has risen from the grave for you, and he's alive and offers eternal life 
for you if you'll repent of sin and trust him for forgiveness and for cleansing. He will come into your life tonight. You can have eternal life. And I would urge you when we stand to just make your way to an aisle, find a counselor here and say, look, I want to trust Jesus tonight. Let's stand together. Father in heaven, as we bow before you just now, we are trusting that your Holy Spirit will bring us to a point of decision. And we pray, Heavenly Father, thanking you in advance for what you've already done in this service. We pray these things in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. The Ron Dunn Podcast is available only for personal edification, not to be duplicated, uploaded to the web, or resold without prior written consent. It is managed and operated by Sherwood Baptist Church. If you would like to listen to additional Ron Dunn messages, visit SherwoodBaptist.net slash bookstore and search Ron Dunn. For more Ron Dunn materials, including sermon outlines, devotions, and scanned pages from his study Bible, please visit RonDunn.com.